Yeah, we're here today to talk uh, at, at this historic event, Let's Talk About Race. It puts our organization, African Empowerment Center, together working on issues of PADs, together with Freedom of Movements organization, which deals specifically with asylum seekers and issues that, uh, fa- that people that migrate face. Uh, freedom, that's why they're called Freedom of Movements. And um, one of the reasons why we work together with Freedom of Movements is because they're one of the only NGOs that when dealing with asylum seeking issues actually brings up the, the aspects of colonization and other things that uh, lay in the background of a lot of these migrations and, uh, and reasons why people actually flee different lands, war and things like that. They, they connect those issues directly to that. And us as Afro uh, people of African descent, PADs, we actually connect with that uh, reality because a lot of our migrations have uh, happened because of the same reasons, quite frankly. So we're here today to discuss those things and, um, and we want to discuss them using some language that is not popularly used. Uh, you hear a lot about structural discrimination or structural racism, but you don't hear the term white supremacy being brought up. And we feel it's important to bring that term up because actually most PADs, when they discuss structural racism, often because we live in European nations or nations controlled by quote unquote people of European descent and uh, we see that as the, the particular type of discrimination is really white-orientated and not so much uh, just discrimination from other aspects, you know. So that's one of the things that we want to highlight in Denmark, that there's actually a hierarchy going on, and the terminology that, you, that they use often, the N-word and things like that, it really leads back to what color and the concepts of race and where we all fall in that together. But we want to discuss it in detail today. So that's why we're here and that's why we have our comrades here, Freedom of Movements, and we're happy to try to accomplish that. And um, we feel that race is one of the things that really runs deep in the structural discrimination, the concept of race. And we feel like that falls uh, on all of us, whether we're asylum-seeking populations, whether we're migrants coming from the West, and how we fit into the Danish society. One of the great things about uh, this event today is that we're actually going to be doing a sound dictionary that complements the event. So when people go back and check it out or listen to this, the podcast or watch some of the video, people that may not be orientated to a lot of the things we discuss, they'll have a way of coming closer to some understanding with them. white supremacy. It basically means when it's white, it's right. And uh, when it's not white, when it's black and racialized, then it's always negative connotations that are associated with it. The concept that white people are inherently a different species than black people, let's say, and therefore black people are not uh, entitled to the same rights because they're a lesser species or a different race, quote unquote, and how that's been established in the Western dynamic through the educational systems. And White supremacy is, uh, is the ideological notion that the white race is superior to the black race and the black race is inferior. Now this has uh, material consequences 
but also socioeconomic and political consequences. When we talk about white supremacy, it has negative consequences to anybody that does, does not belong to the whiteness norm. And it gives people that belong to the whiteness norm white privileges. And what that means is, is that there are so many uh, issues that we go through in society every day that people that are living within the white norm and the whiteness norm do not have to worry about. It's simple issues like I'm walking down the streets and I see a cop. As a black person, my first reaction would be I'll be scared because I'll be thinking, is he coming after me? Even though I'm innocent and I've not done anything wrong, uh, we are traumatized to think that way. Now, as a, as a white person, it's quite seldom that you see a police officer and you feel the kind of fear and insecurity that you feel that black people feel. And that is something that you cannot understand. But it's, it's a privilege not to have to worry about that. It's about waking up in the morning and taking your children to school and worrying what they're going to read at school and the books and the literature and how they're going to be portrayed in the books and literature they read. As a white person, you don't have to worry about that because you know that the images that are portrayed at school literature would always be images that would glorify whiteness. Colonialism. Well, I think that a lot of people think that colonialism in uh, Africa stopped uh, during, I think, during the 60s or even with apartheid latest in South Africa in '94. But that actually, that's actually it's a lie. It's a that's a cover-up because Africa is still much owned by the West. It's still much owned by Europe. For instance, if you take uh, West Africa alone, like most Western, uh, especially. Um, French colonies are still in, they are indebted to France. Their monetary, their, you know, their money is called franc. Like you have, you call franc in um, our monetary system, is linked to France. is is really much um, dependent of France. So the inflation or the how, so it's never they're never free. Free and they even once. Once the countries, the you know the French countries in West Africa, they had a summit and they want they went to present it to France. They were saying that they want to have their own monetary fund or their own monetary system, but France refused because France was very much aware of the fact that once they do that, they will be you know they won't they won't have any profit. That means liberation for uh, those of Western Africans, uh, you know, Cameroon, Senegal, uh, Ivory Coast, you know, all, you know, all the the countries, Gabon, all the the countries that speak uh, French or that you know are colonized in French in um, in the West Africa. When you want to invade a person's country, you first have to be able to describe them in a way that allows the, the overall population to say, yeah, you know what, so what, it's maybe we just do need to invade and get this over with. And that's a dangerous thing because people with more powerful weapons, they often don't understand the needs and the desires of other people or the realities that other people are in when they do colonize. And I think, for instance, like with the uh, colonialism with the Greek, I, I'm Rwandan, originally Rwandan. I consider myself afro -Dain. I've been here for 17 years. It's the country where I've lived the most. I'm fighting for equal rights to be accepted, pay taxes here, go to school here. I'm a society contributor, so I should be, you know, accepted such without having to fight for it. That's my take on colonialism, that it's still here, it's still painful, it's still operative.
Self-determination. Self-definition. Self-definition and self-determination. It's extremely important for us to be able to break these structures, these racist structures based on white supremacy. It's important for black people and people that are people of color to be able to determine our living conditions. And how, how are we going to be able to do that? Because we are not in positions of power. It is the people that are in positions of power that determine what kind of jobs we have, the income that we have, the literature our children read, um, the, 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 the conditions of living that we have in this country and in most countries. And it is not black people, it is often white people. Now, and white people do not have the same experience as black people and therefore when they make decisions concerning black people, they do not take into consideration black people's experiences. It's like, I normally say, it's like women and men in a patriarchy, patriarchy, patriarchal society, men with the power position make decisions about women's living conditions. But men do not have an understanding of how it is to be a woman. So that's why it's equally important to have a woman in positions of power that have that experience to be able to use their experience in having laws and policies that will protect the living conditions of women. In exactly the same way, the same reasonable way, we're saying people of color should also be in positions of power because they have a specific experience that can be and would be of great relevance to the policies that you make concerning people's lives. That means, for example, for PAG, I have the right to define who I am. You don't have to call me something else that, that I actually don't define for myself. And we lose power when we allow others to define us. Really how it works according to the UN is you have the right to come and say, this is how you feel, this is who you are, and according to uh, the UN uh, agreements that Denmark has even signed and many Western nations, they have actually agreed to that, but the problem is, is that we don't see that always being upheld. So that, that actually falls back on us and creates a more complex situation where we become confused and not really know how things work. So self-determination is one of those things, being able to define yourself and define where you want to go in that process, what's right for you and what's best for you at that particular moment. Problem solving, essentially. For instance, when we take this, like the, the N-word, now we have a survey that shows that 90% of PADs, people of African descent in Denmark, do not want to be called Nia. They do not want to be called the N-word. They want to be, you know, some those who have been, who have lived here, like myself, longest in Denmark, or who were born here, want to be called Afrodanes. And those who came here when they were older, like our parents or you know grandparents, they want to be called Africans. So I think when you say in a country, it's, it's sad and ironic that a country that stands by freedom of speech and fights for it, don't allow it when people say, okay, I have the right to, I have the, to, you know, to express myself, I have the right to express what I want to be called and I do not want to be called the N-word. You can explain it, you can try to tell me that it has, does not have the derogative meaning as the nigger or whatever, even though when, you, when I read it, when I read the meaning or the specification, it has the same meaning because Denmark is also a colonial country. It has colonial, it, you know, has, it has its own slaves, it trades, it traded slaves. It had uh, two children, you know, like when they brought them from West Indies, and they even had an exhibition of them, you know, come or see Niaban. So when, of the, when the, the N-word is associated with so many negativity, and we are here saying as parts, as society members, as human beings, we do not want to be that called that. And then it shows us that freedom of speech is only 
for uh, you know for dance or native dance once minority or even I hate the word minority because what does that really mean? But once you know non-dance or non-white dance say I do not want to be called that I want to, to define myself I am a citizen here I am a member of this society if you, you believe in equal rights and you say you have all these equal rights you, have, you treat people rightly and you hear the, you know what they want to be called you hear their own stories then why should you allow me to be you know called what I want why should you call me what I want to be called self-definition is part of self-determination if you can't define yourself then you cannot actually determine other things you know because Part of the things, part of laying a roadmap for uh, for yourself as a group of people is first defining yourself clearly, who you are, right? And all groups of minorities have that inherent right and and should exercise it. And we see that happening often. But again, when you talk about maybe asylum seekers or you talk about PADs, often you find out that they don't even have these basic structures in play. So it's become kind of difficult to move forward in that manner, you know? It's important for us to be able to narrate our own story, to be able to have flat platforms like this that are not created by people with agendas, by white, how can I say, the, the part of white supremacy uh, agenda to tell, oh, here I have the white, save your mentality, I'm saving these poor black children. Or I have this, you know, I'm telling, I'm educating them. But we, we can tell our own stories that start before colonialism, that start before slavery, that we were king and kings, queen and kings, that we traveled the world even before we were, we were forced to travel, that we actually traveled by boat, that we, we had our own lands, that we created, that we, that we even have wealth, we had wealthy men and wealthy system, or how, you know, I could say, uh, monetary system before colonialism and slavery that's that slavery and colonialism did not take, take this you know just one day that you do not that my ancestors did not just surrender themselves one day that they fought for years and years <coughs> before you know before like uh, before I don't know colonialism colonial colonial powers had learned how to colonialize them how to oppress them by killing them out by you know buying some of them uh, you know by painting them against each other and stuff like that so it's not that people just gave up gave away and it's not the reason why we why we don't have uh, why the, our world don't, don't look at I don't even believe that that we sh it should you know, it should have looked at the way it, it looks today is because we've never you know every time an African country tries to you know be stable to be its own ruler there is always you know the the how can I say the worst or colonial powers make sure that there is an opposition that is going to attack them and and rule after the you know European laws or European understanding so when you go and see. Uh, I don't know in, in African countries, and you see pads or people of African descent wearing suits, and they're, they're walking, and th there is no equality there. And you say there is corrupt. They're walking for the <coughs> for the colonial masters. They're not free. We're not free yet. So for for me, I think it's very crucial, and um, very you know it means everything to be able to put into words what colonialism is, what what generated from my own perspective, not from someone else teaching me what it is. You know, because to do it on their own their own agenda and their own uh, means of what, you know, to teach me about my history. This means I, dig, I get to dig in to preserve the, the, the history that I got from my grandparents or to, you know, to learn to, 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 to go into books or the, this, this, the, the archives that have been found by, you know, African uh, people of African descent, scholars telling us, you know, you have your own history. You can write your own history. You can write your own history from your reality, from your life you live. So that's what, that's what it means to me.
black liberation. Yeah, I mean, black liberation is, is exactly uh, what we're doing here. Black liberation is, uh, is the, the, the decolonizing the minds of black people. The concept of black liberation essentially means, first of all, you have to acknowledge that you lost your liberty at one point. You lost the liberty to choose and decide, right? And now you're living in a system where others are doing most of the deciding and actually it may not work for your particular circumstance. So black liberation is something we need to have, but it's not just physical, it's also mental. It goes into how we're educated about our past, how we're educated about the world that we live in and the dynamics that are at play. Liberating black people, it means liberating the, the minds of black people by decolonizing it. And when you decolonize it, then you start seeing yourself as an equal rather than somebody that is uh, uh, not an equal. And we need to start working on that. And one way of doing it is to change the language we use. Because the knowledge we, we learn is being produced by the oppressor. So we need to start producing our own language, produce our own knowledge, and deconstruct the production of knowledge, and make sure the people behind the production of knowledge are not the very people that are oppressing us. Because they will continue to use the same knowledge in order to be able to maintain their position of power. It's, it makes sense. Because now we can make very clear, visible, our realities without missing it with anything else. The same way we need to change the language we use to describe ourselves, how we identify ourselves, and be use positive terms and progressive language. You need to be able to produce knowledge of yourself, you know, unapologetically without taking into consideration what the other things. Make them up. All language is made up at one point of time make it up and that's unless we get there black liberation will never take place the breach radio